0: everyone it is tuesday morning in new york city we have been inside our family has been inside for 2 weeks we actually have not left the house in about 2 weeks i left once i think to get some groceries but the boys have not been outside for 2 weeks because we have all had a cold and we've been sick and snotty and we also we happen to live on top of a bus terminal like a bus terminal and subway depot so just leaving our house means we have to go through this huge throng of people and there's still tons of people who use the subway and the bus terminal and many of them actually use our front steps as a place to sit down and wait for buses so we have just decided to camp out we are camping in our house for a while until further notice. So that's where we are. How are you? So today I want to share a tiny ritual that my husband and I have done for years, and it's even more useful now, today. It's this little thing that we started doing when we were navigating the first couple of months with our teeny tiny newborn and we felt completely overwhelmed and kind of bleary-eyed. We weren't getting any sleep. We were navigating the madness that is figuring out new parenting in many ways where we are right now having completely upended our schedules having a completely new um, world that we're living in navigating and trying to adjust finding new schedules finding new structures being overwhelmed and exhausted I mean in many ways it's parallel to the the newborn and the postpartum period so in some ways this is familiar although it's very unexpected. It wasn't necessarily like oh we're gonna have a new baby now and everything's going to change but we're in it and this is where we are and so I'm leaning on this small structure as a way to as a way to navigate this challenging time. So what we do uh, every night if we remember is so most nights not every night if we remember we we have three questions that we Volley back and forth. We crawl into bed usually around 8:30, sometimes 9, sometimes 9:30. We get into bed and we both flop into the bed and we cozy up in our super comfy bed because after our first kid, we said, "Oh no, we're making sleep as good as possible." So we got a mattress topper, we got a king size bed, we got like 27 like fluffy duffy pillows we got a huge comforter like we have made our bed our sanctuary because it is how we restore ourselves for every day so we flop into this bed and as we're going to sleep I usually rub his head or he um he rubs my arm and I say what was the best part of your day um that's the first question what was the best part of your day just today not anything Grandiose, but like today, what was the best part? And actually, yesterday it was making cookies. I got new cookie sheets and I got these massive cookie sheets, the 21 inch by 15 inch ones, which means when I make a batch of cookies, I can put the entire batch in the oven with two trays (laughs) instead of making like 12 ins and outs of the oven and then like keeping a little kid away from the oven and making sure they don't stick their hands in. I can just do all of them at once. So that was the best part of my day yesterday. and the next question is, what are you grateful for? You know, what are you grateful for? Today, I'm grateful for art supplies because my kids love coloring. And question number three is, um, and we always do this one specifically for our family. I remember we actually used to do this when I, when I was pregnant because I was so tired and so depressed the first pregnancy. The question is, what are you looking forward to about our family? And I remember I used to answer, like, I can't wait to hold my baby. But now it's like, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to creating a wonderful and silly and ridiculous birthday party for my four-year-old. I mean, I think what we're going to do, this isn't set in stone, but I think he's not four yet. Sorry, my three-year-old. But when he turns four next month, I may um, set up our camping tent inside and do an overnight with him out in the living room and go camping with him for an adventure night and let him like not go to sleep in his room, but let him have a special slumber party. I think he's just going to go crazy about it. I haven't told him any of this yet. The reason I wanted to pop in and share this with you is because what I have been noticing in myself as well as in so many of the people that I talk to on a regular basis, people in the Wise Women's Council, people beyond, is that we are feeling some extreme fatigue and exhaustion, and that is totally normal. I mean, for me, the way that it shows up is I'll be doing fine, fine, fine. And then I have to make a decision like between salted butter and unsalted butter. And I won't remember which kind we get and I'll freeze like I cannot I'm like, I don't know. And the decision doesn't matter. Because if I get unsalted butter, I can just add salt if I need to. But I won't like those little tiny decisions just end up being debilitating and fatiguing. And I'm noticing lots of people are having so many different reactions. And these are these are responses that are typical in times of stress or in times of trauma or in times of turmoil. And what I, what re- I, I don't want to say I recommend, what works for me is finding a small amount of structure amidst the chaos. These structures like three nightly questions or your coffee ritual twice a day or packing the same lunches. Whatever your ritual is can be an anchor for you to hold on to, to find some stability amidst an otherwise chaotic time. One of the things that has worked for our family lately has been preserving lunchtime as a ritual. So because we're both working from home, we and both of our children currently nap around one to three. They take later naps, but they both do it for about two hours, which is like, I mean, a lifeline for me right now. We We'll do from 12 to 1, even if one of us is working during the morning. We both come out. We both spend time with the children. We both spend time eating food together. And it lets us have this family moment in the middle of the day where we say, "Okay." work is paused. Now it's time for eating. And it helps keep our children a little more sane as well. I think when one of us pulls away, but they know we're here, but we're not here, they start to go a little crazy. And we come out and we have this lunchtime ritual. And we both put the children to bed. And to be honest, whoever is on the childcare duty for that day, if somebody has been doing all children from 8am to 12pm, you that parent is usually a little crazed by that time. It's like, oh my God, I can't see straight anymore, need help, and need a break. And it's so much easier for everyone, like just having another parent around, it's like, oh, thank goodness. Now we can actually just do this part where we get two children into clean diapers and into beds and with books and with the milk and okay, here, did we do it? Ah, now it's one and we're exhausted. So having a little bit of stability and routine can help, even if it's temporary, even if you're, having, you're setting up a new routine for the next three months. And your new routine is that you used to work in the evenings, but now you're so tired that you're like, you know what, for the next three months, I'm going to watch TV every night for an hour. That's my new normal. And I am going to sink into it and indulge. We don't have to figure this out or make a permanent change for the rest of our lives, but having some sort of structure to hold on to can be really reassuring and relieving in the in-between time that is right now. The other thing about this little story of having something to look forward to that I want to tap into is that for many people, the stress of the unknown, the stress of not knowing how long this is going to last or when it will shift, or when it will get easier or better can be additionally exhausting. It can cast a kind of blanket of depression over even the most steadfast individual. So one of the things in um, several books where I've read this and I'm going to kind of weave them together into one concept or idea, but having something to look forward to can be an incredible motivator and an incredible catalyst during times of uncertainty and stress. However, it's important that, I live in New York City, by the way, sidebar, there are sirens in the background and that happens and I'm not going to edit them out. So if you hear them, you're just being in my room with me. And if you hear my children next door, that's because they're next door. So having something to look forward to, something that we can anticipate or get excited about can be such an anchor as well. But There are some conditions for having something to look forward to. And you can read more about this in, um, I believe, Jim Collins' Good to Great and in uh, Man's Search for Meaning and other books that talk about people who have survived different really traumatic and stressful times. If you make an unreasonable or um, out-of-your-control guarantee, like as a leader you say, we're going to be back and we're going to have – you know, first quarter 2021 is going to be better than ever. Or like, this is all going to be over by Thanksgiving. Or this is all going to be over by Easter. When you make promises like that to a population or to a group that you're leading, and you, you don't actually have the ability to control the outcome or the results, you actually end up depressing and uh, hurting the population more than helping. When you make these promises in your mind, like, everything's going to be better in 30 days because I said so and here's why, without actually being able to control it, we erode the trust that we have uh, with ourselves and with other people. This is one of the conundrums of leadership. You have to tell stories about the future, but they either have to have no, no date attached to them and they have to be a longer story, or if they have a date attached to them, you have to be really certain that you're able to deliver on that promise. So when we are doing this for ourselves and creating a story about the future and saying, There's something to look forward to. It's a great idea. It is so powerful psychologically to have something that you can look forward to. Like, I'm really looking forward to my child's birthday. That's going to come. We know that's going to come. And I'm looking forward to having creative ways of celebrating it. So as a leader, both for yourself and for the people around you, it is our job to come up with things that we can look forward to. Like, we're going to have a silly dance party on the first day of every month, or Um, I'm going to send everyone a book on the 15th of every month just to get through these silly times. Or let's do a watch party together using the Rave app so that we can all watch TV together. Having things to look forward to, especially during times of uncertainty and stress, can be a huge bomb to people's confidence and psyches. You just need to make sure that the stories you're telling about the future are things that will actually come true and they're not so fantastical or out of the realm of your ability to control that you end up putting markers in where people can no longer trust you and where we can no longer trust ourselves. So the third question in our ritual, my husband and I, is what's something you're looking forward to about our family? like I'm looking forward to going camping again with my kiddos. I can't wait to get outside and to take them into the like forest and away from the urban environment and I realize it might not be this summer that that happens. We just don't know. But I do know over the course of the rest of our lives we're going to have so many camping adventures. And if it's not this summer then it'll be next summer and I am Certainly, going to make up for any lost time by doing it like every single weekend. And I am really looking forward to that. And you know what? It might be easier to go camping with them when they're three and five than when they're one and almost four. So that's it for today. I wanted to pop in here and record a short episode on creating small moments and rituals for yourself, having a structure within your day to day, and also having a small thing to look forward to, whatever it is. I hope you have both in your life right now. And we are taking this day by day in New York City. We are in with a nod to ritual. We get up every morning and we write the day and the date on the whiteboard in our kitchen because otherwise I'm not certain I would know what day it is. My, uh, my little guy came in and he's like, can I wear my Tuesday underwear? And I was like, yeah, sure. He's like, is it Tuesday? I said, hold on a second. I'm going to have to check. Stay safe, stay healthy. I'll be thinking about all of you wherever you are, and I will see you next time.